Alright, Bismillah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam We are on section C6.0 C6.0 Faslun fi mustahabbat al-salat Faslun fi mustahabbat al-salat So there's sunan and there's mustahabbat um, or there's faraid and there's wajibat and then there's sunan and then there's mustahabbat okay وكذم فمه عند التثاؤب وترتيل القراءة والفصل بين القدمين بمقدار أربعة أصابع في القيام والإشارة بالمسبحة عند شهادة التوحيد وتحويل الوجه يمينا وشمالا عند السلام والقيام حين قيل حي على الصلاة على الفلاح وشروع الإمام حين قيل قد قامت الصلاة. Alright, section the desirable actions of prayer. As for its desirable actions, they are the one praying, looking at the place of prostration when standing, the outer part of the feet when bowing. The side of the nose in prostration and the lap when sitting. Number two, to take out the hands from from the sleeves at the time of the takbir. So they would often have these long sleeved uh, garments, right? So to to make the to to have the hand out of the sleeve during takbir to ihram. To refrain from coughing as much as possible. To cover the mouth when yawning. Recitation by following the rules of recitation. To have a gap. The distance of four fingers between the feet when standing. Pointing with the index finger at the time of bearing witness to the oneness uh, tawheed. So, to turn their face right and left when making salutations. Standing at the time when Hayya al-Falah is said. So they stand, there are everyone sitting, the iqamah is being made. When the, when the muqim gets the Hayya al-Falah, then they stand. And the imam starts when the muqim says, Qad qamat al-Salah. Says Allah Akbar starts. Okay, so this is 39. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
go to the commentary. 103, okay. And as for the places the one person the person looks when they're praying, said the place of prostration when standing, the outer part of the feet when bowing, the side of the nose in prostration, and the lap when sitting. And at the time of the first salutation, they look to their right shoulder. And at the time of the second one, they look to their left shoulder. Okay. Uh, to take out the hands from the sleeves at the time of takbir, except for if it's really cold, or a woman who's covering that part of her body, she doesn't have to uncover it. Um, coughing is not from prayer, so it should be avoided. Cover the mouth when yawning. Uh, to <laughs> it's interesting Ibn Abidin mentions I saw in the commentary of Tuhfat al-Muluk uh, That a Zahidi said The method to prevent yawning Is to bring to mind that the prophets upon them Be blessings and peace never yawned And Quduri said We tried this a number of times And found it to be so I, Ibn Abidin said That I also tried it and found it to be so Mashallah. Uh, recitation by following the rules of recitation due to Allah's words and recite the Quran with tartil, which is to recite according to the rules and to beautify the recitation after the correct pronunciation of the letters. Mm -hmm. The beautification comes after the correction of the letters. Um, some, like our Tajweed teacher, used to basically force us to uh, recite without any beautification in order to focus on reciting correctly because otherwise we have these kind of like patterns <coughs> that we fall into and they can become barriers from actually reciting correctly then after a person recites correctly they can add beautification uh, to have a gap of four fingers between the feet the reason for this is closer to humility uh, pointing with the index finger at the time of bearing witness to the oneness the method is to form a ring with the thumb and middle finger of the right hand at the time of witnessing while clenching the other two fingers and pointing with the index finger. Index finger is raised at the time of negation and lowered when affirming. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha. La ilaha illallah. These are together, these are clenched. So, La ilaha illallah. Uh, hmm. SubhanAllah, I was just wondering about this To turn the face right and left when making salutations Look what he says in the commentary um, 
The reason for this being mentioned amongst the desirable actions is not clear, as it has been mentioned in the chapter of the recommended actions where the author said, and salutations to the right and the left. Standing on the time when Hayya al-Falah is said, and the Imam starting when Qad Qamat al-Salah is said, the majority of the books of the Madhab clearly state that it is desirable for the Imam to start the prayer when Qad Qamat al-Salah is said. This is the position of Abu Hanifa and Muhammad ibn Hassan. However, Abu Yusuf said the Imam starts the prayer after the Iqamah has been completed. Ad-Dur al-Mukhtar should be Ad-Dur Ad-Dur al-Mukhtar It is mentioned if the Imam delays the start of the prayer until the Iqamah is completed there is no harm in this and in Al-Khulasa it is stated that this is the more correct position Allahu Okay 106 So those are things that are recommended in the Salat Mm-hmm. Not recommended. Is that the word they used? Recommended? Is that what they desirable? Desirable is mustahabat. Recommended is sunnah. So those are the things that are desirable in the salat. So now he's going to do mufsidat and makruhat. And both are going to be really long lists, Mufsidat and Makruhat. And then it does Mubahat. So the things that will invalidate Salat, then the things that will are disliked in Salat, and then the things that are permissible. So, Faslun fi Mufsidat as-Salat. Wa amma Mufsidat as-Salat, fan kalamu mutlaqan wa in qalla. والسلام عمدا أو رده باللسان وفتح المصلي على غير إمامه وشروعه في غير التي هو فيها والأنين والتأوه والبكاء بصوت من وجع أو مصيبة لا لأمر الآخرة لا لأمر الآخرة والتنحنح بلا عذر وتشميت العاطس وجواب كلامي ولو بذكري كأن يخبر بما يسره فيقول الحمد لله أو يسوءه فيقول لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله ولا تفسد إن قصد بذلك إعلامه أنه في الصلاة وقراءته من المصحف والدعاء بما لا يستحيل I'm just going to read all of them and we'll come back. وَأَنْ يَنَامَ فِي قِرَاءَةِ رَكَعَةٍ فِي رُكُوعِهَا وَسُجُورِهَا وَكَذَا يَنَسْتَغْرَقَهُ النَّوْمُ فِي أَحْرِهَا وَلَمْ يَعُدْ وَأَنْ يَمْشِيَ فِيهَا مِقْدَارَ صَفَّيْنِ دُفْعَةً وَاحِدًا وَالْأَكْلُ وَالشُرْبُ وَلَوْ قَلْ ولو من بين أسنانه مقدار الحمصة 
وَلَعَمَلُوا أَنْ كَثِيرُوا وَالتَّعَمُّمُوا كَالتَّعَمُّمِ وَلُبْسُ السَّرَاوِيلِ وَزَرُّ الْأَزْرَارِ وَكَحَكِّ جَسَرِهِ فِي رُكْنٍ بِيَدِهِ ثَلَاثًا مُتَوَالِيَةً يَرْفَعُ يَدَهُ فِي كُلِّ مَرَّةً Okay, so move as for the invalidators of prayer, they are Number one, any kind of speech, even if a small amount Any kind of speech, even if a small amount And you remember after this, we'll go to the commentary We'll see what he says I'm sure he'll give more detail on that To give salutations deliberately So to say salam Or to reply to salutations with the tongue So to do some sort of response to someone's salam A person praying correcting Other than his imam So they're praying behind an imam Someone else is praying And they make a mistake And they correct that person um, Because then they're speaking without reason Starting in other than the one that he is in So if he starts praying something Other than the prayer that he's in that's going to obviously break the prayer Groaning, moaning Crying audibly due to pain or a calamity Not if it is due to thinking of the next world Clearing the throat without reason Man, these kids that we pray with All their salat is bought in Clearing the throat without reason Replying to someone who has sneezed to respond to speech, even if it be with an invocation, dhikr, such as if someone uh, is informed of that which pleases him by saying alhamdulillah, or that which saddens him by saying la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, it does not invalidate the prayer if he intends by it informing someone else that he is praying. So this is responding to something that they're told. By using dhikr So obviously dhikr you can use in salat So instead of speaking and saying Oh wow that's amazing Or that's great news They say alhamdulillah Thinking that to make dhikr in salat Would, would be valid But because of the intention behind it Then it invalidates the salat Unless the intention is not to respond to them But is to let them know That you are praying so you see how the intention has consequence Number 12 Reading from a copy of the Mus'haf Of the Quran Number 13 Supplicating with that Which is possible to ask from people So the idea here is that One's dua in prayer um, And this is especially true For the obligatory prayer Should be the kind of things Like it's not supposed to Yushbihu kalam nas not supposed to be similar to the kinds of speech that people generally use. It's supposed to be something that if it's said, you can tell that this is dua. That uh, they sleep while reciting in the in the rakah. Um, or uh, in its bowing. Uh, reciting and sleeping in the bowing and the prostration. Or if they're un overcome by sleep in either of them, and they and do not 
repeat. So we'll see that in the commentary. That he walks during the prayer the distance of two rows and one go. So distance of two two rows at a time. Eating and drinking, even if small amounts, even if that which is between the teeth is the size of a chickpea. If it's less than that, it's okay. But if it's that that much, then it would break the salat. And excessive movement, such as tying a turban, wearing trousers, and wrapping a waist cloth. Also, such as scratching the body in one integral with the hand three times consecutively raising the hand each time okay so let's go to um, the commentary on those make them more clear inshallah so first invalidator is any kind of speech any kind of speech um, just for the the regulars I know who this no new person is it's uh my brother Omar, he's welcome. It's good to good to have you. Mm. Uh, section the invalidators of prayer. As for the invalidators of prayer, they are any kind of speech. Number one, any kind of speech. Uh, they give the evidence there. This great story. Uh, the basis of this, which is the hadith. Of Muawiyah ibn Hakim as sulami radiallahu an While I was praying with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam A man in the congregation sneezed I said, Allah have mercy on you The people stared at me with disapproving looks So I said, woe be upon me, why is it that you stare at me? They began to strike their hands on their thighs And when I saw them urging me to observe silence I became angry, but I said nothing uh, He was like a new Muslim basically He had just learned how to pray So he was you know, passionate. When the Messenger of Allah had finished the prayer, and I declare that neither before him nor after him have I seen a leader who gave better instruction than he, for whom I would give my father and mother as ransom. I swear that he did not scold, beat, or revile me, but said, Talking to people is not befitting during the prayer, for it consists of glorifying Allah, declaring his greatness, and recitation of the Quran. Even if a small amount, meaning whether deliberately or forgetfully, if the speech consisted of two letters, even if not intelligible, or a letter which can be understood. As for a single letter which cannot be understood, it does not invalidate the prayer. So, there are single letter words in Arabic that can, um, that would be um, problematic Like you could say the word Qi Qi From Wiqaya uh, uh, Or Waqa Qi uh, would be the command form Which means protect yourself Basically Take some sort of protection um, So that would that would invalidate prayer because even though it's a single letter, uh, it's understandable. If it's a single letter which cannot be understood. Someone just says uh, ba or boo. Uh, 
then it does not invalidate. But if it's two letters and beyond, it invalidates the salat. Uh, okay. To give salutations deliberately, which is clear. Someone, you're praying. Someone comes in, they say, Assalamu alaikum, Yusawa alaikum, salam. You know, respond to them. Or to reply to salutations uh, with the tongue, meaning forgetfully giving salutations or greeting the person with the tongue, as opposed to simply indicating with the hand. And without shaking hands, according to the relied upon position, the latter is slightly disliked. So we'll come to that in the makruhat. Jabir radiallahu anh said, I came to the Prophet ﷺ and greeted him, but he did not return my greeting. So I felt so sorry that only Allah knows it, and I said to myself, perhaps Allah's messenger is angry because I did not come quickly. Then I greeted him again, but he did not reply. I felt even more sorry than I did the first time. Again I greeted him, and he returned the greeting and said, the thing which prevented me from returning the greeting was that I was praying. Al-Hafid ibn Hajr commenting on this said, His words, again I greeted him and he replied to me, meaning uh, mean after completing his prayer. Uh, evidence for this is also in that which is related by Tahawi with his chain and the end of the hadith are the words, after he made salutations, he replied to me. So the person would not do that during the salah. Number four, a person praying, correcting other than his imam. So again, someone other than the imam makes a mistake. They respond to that. That would invalidate the prayer. Um, number five, starting in other than the one that he is in. So again, by intending in his heart to make takbir without raising the hands, an example being, a person performs a unit of dhuhr and then starts the asr prayer. His dhuhr is invalidated because his starting, and other than when he was praying, exits him from that prayer. He completes the second unit and does not count the unit he performed previously. So he's now in a different salat. By the intention. A lot of this chapter is affected by intention. Uh, number six, groaning. Number seven, moaning. Basically, you're making these loud sounds that are... You could not make them, and you're making them. Uh, crying audibly due to pain or a calamity, not if it is due to thinking of the next world. So this is the condition for this legal ruling and the one that precedes it. In summary... The likes of crying such that a sound is emitted, if due to other than the next world, such as due to pain or a calamity, nullifies the prayer. This is because it is an expression of regret and sorrow, as if the person is saying, help me. If the crying is due to the next world, such as due to fear or hope, it does not invalidate the prayer. The reason because it is regarded as being akin to supplication and thanat. So they're saying you can make different kinds of sounds in salat, and depending on what that sound is closer to then uh, that's how the consequence plays out so if that sound is closer to one asking for help then it counts as speech that is not acceptable and if it's closer and if it's crying out of you know remembering the hereafter and being uh, motivated by the salat then that's closer to the thina it's closer to glorifying allah and so that would not break that would not break the salat
Ali radiallahu anhu said there was no horseman among us at the battle of Badr save Al-Miqdad ibn Al-Aswad. I saw that only the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was standing praying under the tree, under a tree and crying until dawn. So it's mentioning that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was crying in his salat. But this was a crying of, uh, you know, uh, being into the salat itself. Uh, number nine, clearing the throat without reason. At-tanahnuh is to say the likes of uh-huh. <coughs> uh-huh. <coughs> uh, It invalidates the prayer because letters are uttered. There are two conditions for it to be invalidating. Number one, that it be without an excuse. Um, if it occurs naturally and the one praying tried to repel it, it does not invalidate the prayer. And number two, that it is not for a valid reason. If it is to beautify the voice, prompt the imam, or notify someone that they are in the prayer, then it does not va- invalidate the prayer, and this is the correct view. Analogy would dictate that it would invalidate the prayer in all cases, except for the one who is overcome by it. Because it is speech and thus an invalidator in all such scenarios. However, analogy is left due to what is reported regarding this issue from Abdullah ibn Naji from Ali who said, I would have a time in which I would go to see the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When I would come, I would seek permission to enter. If I found that, I w- that he was praying and he coughed, I would enter. And if he was not praying, he would give me permission to enter. So, uh, this is an interesting concept here which is that the analogy uh, the general oftentimes people think that the Hanafi school leaves uh, text for analogy and actually if the text in the school according to the school reaches a certain level of reliability then the text will take precedent over the analogy um, and and it will be an exception to the rule, which is the case here, right? But it has to reach a certain level of reliability. Number ten, replying to someone who has sneezed by saying to him, "Yahamakullah," because it is regarded as addressing people and it is akin to speech. The hadith indicating this has been mentioned previously in the hadith of Muawiyah bin Hakim. Uh, the beginning of which is indeed the prayer is not correct with human speech. So that was mentioned in the hadith that came before. Number 11, to respond to speech, even if it be with an invocation, such as if a person says something which pleases him, which we already said, the prayer is invalidated according to Imam Abu Hanifa and Muhammad al Hassan al Shaybani because the one praying has said this as a reply. Uh, however, if they intend. Um, they don't intend uh, by it informing someone else, or it does not invalidate the prayer if it in, if it, they intend by it informing someone else that they are praying. Um, such as a person seeking permission from someone praying, who in turn utters the glorification out loud, intending by it to notify him that he is praying. This does not nullify the prayer because it is not an answer, as we have explained earlier. So that was already earlier. Reading from a copy of the Qur'an, this is a very relevant one considering that 
uh, it's very likely that we're not going to be able to congregate in the Musajin during Ramadan. Meaning that the person praying has not memorized the portion he is reading. If he has memorized that which he is reciting and recites without holding a copy of the Mus'haf, it does not invalidate the prayer. Rufa ibn Rufi'a reported that the Messenger of Allah taught a man how to pray and said, If you know some Qur'an, then recite it. If not, then make hamd, takbir, and tahleel. Uh, tahleel, then bow. The hadith shows that the person who has memorized Qur'an recites from it that which he is able to. In the case of being unable to memorize the amount by which the prayer is valid, he instead recites invocations. So, um, this is relevant for someone who is a new Muslim. So one of the local Imams here, he has a book called How to, How to Pray. It's available on Amazon. Mustafa Omar. It's very good for teaching people how to pray when they don't know how to pray because it will take them step by step and make it very easy. And in the first step, basically, he says that all you need to know is Allahu Akbar and Alhamdulillah and Sami'Allahu Liman Hamida and Assalamu Alaikum. If you can learn those four things, then you can pray, along with wudu, obviously. But uh, you can look at the book and walk through wudu. But when you stand to prayer, all you have to do is Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And the person can do that and get in the habit of praying. And as they get in the habit of praying, then they're able to add more and more and more. And this is based on this position here. Um, Ramadan is coming. And, um, you know going to be tough where we can't pray together everyone is going to have to pray their own tarawih basically and so that is um, I personally I'm not um, super strict on the question of talfiq combining between opinions uh, I know that many of our brethren uh, don't agree on that but um, after a lot of research uh, I'll tell you what I the conclusion that I feel comfortable with which is not like my own this is also the position of uh, Sheikh Muhammad Bakhit and Muti'i and Hanafi he was Hanafi the um, Mufti of Egypt at the turn of the 20th century and others, it's generally the position of Dar al-Ifta in Egypt, which is that um, basically on tanfiq, on the issue of combining between opinions, you'll find three approaches. First approach is you don't combine between anything. You know, you follow only the strong position of your madhab, and to do anything else is unacceptable. The other approach you find to this issue is to um, uh, basically free-for-all which in reality uh, not that many people really do um, 
because free-for-all results in conclusions that don't really make any sense. So if an example of that would be, this is like the tanfiq that everyone says you can't do, um, would be uh, getting married without witnesses and without a wali. So you might have one school that gives you some leniency in witnesses and you have another school that gives you some leniency in the wali. Uh, but none of them combine between the two because that now you've like completely dissolved most of the whole thing so that would be a uh, an example of a talfiq that is not acceptable but then they give this possibility in in the middle which is basically you are taking from say you have like a, say this example your madhab doesn't allow you to read from the mushaf during salat um, but you have like this extreme extenuating circumstance which is the absence of tarawih in the masajid in ramadan and um, you're going to be praying at home it's going to be difficult to just recite the same wadduha to the end of the quran in every single tarawih prayer um, and you want some variation so you want to hold the mushaf it's conceivable it's conceivable so what they say here is that if the combination that you've come up with is it's conceivable that a person of knowledge would hold that position then you can do it so it's generally conceivable that someone would agree with the Hanafi Madhab in general on these issues and then on the question of holding a Mus'haf they believe that the Hadith that indicates the validity of that is strong enough that uh, it's allowable so that's that's a reasonable position um, you know you don't have to like say for example that the Shafi'is allowed it so I'm going to make all of my wudu and all of my salat according to the Shafi'is so that I can hold the Mus'haf um, that would be like the more extreme position on Tulfiq uh, you can do whatever you want but I think that it's not unreasonable to follow the, another madhab in that position interestingly and this might be surprising to people is those madhabs that allow one to hold the mushaf if you notice there's not a uh, specification here on obligatory versus non-obligatory prayer so those schools that allow one to hold the mushaf they actually allow you to hold the mushaf even in the front which is interesting can you imagine like going into the masjid and finding the imam holding the mushaf in front people will lose them but you know that's the tyranny of the masses <laughs> tyranny of the masses it gives you a position that can greatly facilitate things and uh, the fiqh it gives you a position that can greatly facilitate things especially in the context of maybe like you know you're a community that doesn't have really you're a small place you might have one or two people that can read decently, but they haven't really memorized very much. And they could actually, you know, do that in Fajr, in Asha. But people would go crazy. 
so this reading from a copy of the Quran. Number 13, supplicating with that which is possible to ask from people because it resembles human speech and they're asking each other for something the Prophet said. Indeed, this prayer is not correct with human speech. Okay. Sleeping uh, in sujood or ruku'ah. Because if you remember the issue of sleeping, it was related to kind of like one's capacity to hold themselves. And if one f sleeps in ruku'ah and sujood, they don't have that. Uh, whereas if, they, if they're kind of like nodding off a little bit while standing, then that's different because there's still a level of holding of oneself that is there when standing versus in uh, Rukur and Sujood. That he walks during the prayer the distance of two rows in one go. Eating and drinking even and then the size of the chickpea thing. Because each of them is customarily regarded as excessive movement, eating and drinking is a nullifier of the prayer even if a small amount is taken from outside of the mouth. So if someone has from outside the mouth, that's a problem. However, if the food is taken from between the teeth, it does not nullify the prayer except if it is a large amount, which has been defined as the size of a chickpea. The size of a chickpea. Uh, someone raised their hand. entirely sure I can't remember like a text on it uh, food in mouth without it being between the teeth that's the question right like a cough drop or a piece of gum my impression is that such a thing would be unacceptable because you could take it out um, whereas in between the teeth you kind of have like a little bit of a exception because it's something that's stuck there. It's not like you're intentionally leaving it there, knowing that you're going to be consuming it during salat, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I had an argument one time with someone who was praying with a cough drop in their mouth. And they were they were saying basically like, you know, I'm, my cough is so bad that if I don't have this cough drop in my mouth, I won't be able to pray without being overcome with coughing. It's not because I'm trying to eat. And I was like, no, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> and we never got to the bottom of it. She <laughs> probably should have. But, you know, the kind of things you get in arguments with family members about. Um, so... That's good if I can try to, f I'll try to find it. There's a book, you know, when I was reading with uh, Sheikh Walid, he he took this book out from the shelf, it's like this big, you know, really fat. It's called the Halabi and Kabir. The the picture that I had sent from that book, Munyat uh, al-Musalli, it's like a prayer, it's a book specifically that deals with prayer. 
And there's a short commentary on it and a long commentary on it. The long one's like several hundreds of pages, really thick. And apparently that's where like everything is. Every mas'ala that you'll ever find it's a lot is in there, so it's probably in there somewhere. I just have to find it, inshallah. Yeah, like everything, everything. Which is great, you know, that that, that exists. It's just you have to find it, inshallah. Um, so yeah, I'll try to find it, inshallah. Maybe today. Wednesdays usually a little bit more flexible. And I'm on spring, we're on spring break, so a little bit more time. Although these kids are driving us insane during the day. But alhamdulillah. <coughs> uh, 17. Excessive movement such as tying a turban, wearing trousers, and wrapping a waistcloth. I should say they're driving us insane, but they're also outrageously cute. Just to be fair. They, you know, they do such cute things. Allah preserve them. Uh, excessive movement such as tying a turban, wearing trousers, and wrapping a waistcloth. Also such as scratching the body in one integral with the hand three times, consecutively raising the hand each time. So again, this is one of those cases where the later books give very particular um, indicators of, what's, of, of the issue, and the earlier books are not as specific. Here in the commentary, he's going to mention what I was going to mention, alhamdulillah. There is a difference regarding the criteria for distinguishing between excessive and slight movement. There are five views, the most correct of them being that which there is no doubt to the one looking at the person praying, who does not have knowledge of the one praying, have ent having entered prayer, that they are in the prayer. <coughs> okay, so what is this saying? This is saying that... If a person doesn't know you're praying and they look at you and they know that you're praying, then you're okay. However, if they look at you and you're moving so much and you're doing like things in your prayer that are, are so excessive that they question whether or not you're in prayer, then that's too much movement. Okay, so it's not necessarily about scratching yourself three times but like if it's very clear that you're in prayer but you have like this itch and you scratch it and it's very clear and then you itch again you itch again and if someone was watching they wouldn't have any doubt that you were in salat then you're you're okay that's that's not a movement that nullifies the prayer which is an interesting kind of um Dabit. It's an interesting I don't know what the word for Dabit is in English, but principle I guess. Interesting principle to, to clarify. So those are all the invalidators. Mufsidat. Mufsidat. Premise I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what a good they say the word qa'ida, so they have qawa'id fiqiyya and there's dawabit fiqiyya. There's dawabit and there's qa'ida. The qa'ida is a legal principle or maxim that expands, it transcends, I should say, more than one area of the fiqh. So, al-umur bi maqasidiha, 
that uh, that things are by their intention. That applies to more than one area of the fiqh. It extends. Uh, but the issue of like when they look at you, can they tell if you're praying or not? That really only applies to uh, the things that invalidate prayer. So it's specific to that section. So it's a dabit. Whereas the one that uh, transcends is a qaida, is a um, legal, is a maxim. They're both maxims, but it's the no man. Yeah, Sheikh Jihad is very particular. Was that is that how he translated it? Okay. Mm. Mm. I will preserve him. Mashallah. Uh, it would be it would benefit if we knew his translation. It's kinda like uh Dr. Omar when he translates, like his translations are so particular and so good. Mashallah. Sounds good. Thank you. Alright, I'm flying all over the place right here. Where were we? Desirable actions. Disliked actions. Okay, so disliked actions. Makruhat. Makruhat. God. I don't think we're going to be able to finish this section. So let's just read through it because there's 52 of them. <laughs> so, so we'll read through the text portion of this, and then tomorrow we'll do the uh, we'll read through the commentary, inshallah. So let's just go through this portion section on the disliked actions of prayer. Faslun fi makruhat al-salat wa amma makruhatuha fa'abathu bi thobihi wa badni. وَفَرْقَعَتُ الْأَصَابِعِ وَلِلْتِفَاتُ بِالْعُنُقِ وَالتَّخَصُّرُ وَالتَّمَطِّي وَالْإِقْعَاءُ وَالتَّرَبُّعُ بِلَا عُذْرِ وَالتَّثَاؤُبُ إِنْ أَمْكَنَهُ الْكَذْمُ وَتَغْمِيضُ عَيْنَيْهِ وَرَفْعَهُمَا لِلسَّمَاءِ وَقَبْلْ حَصَى إِلَّا لِلسُّجُورِ مَرَّةً وَمَسْحُ جَبْهَتِهِ مِنَ التُّرَابِ فِي أَثْنَائِهَا وَافْتِرَاشُ ذِرَاعَيْهِ وَتَشْمِرُ كُمَّيْهِ عَنْهُمَا وَسَتْرُ الْقَدَمَيْنِ فِي السُّجُورِ لِلْرَجُلِ وَرَدُّ السَّلَامِ بِالْيَدِ that's what they were referring to before responding to salam with the hand وَعَقْسُ 
وكفوا ثوبه وسدلوا وكشفوا رأسه إلا التذلل إلا للتذلل والسجود على كور عمامته أو فاضل ثوبه والاقتصار على الجبهة وحدها وعلى الأنف وحده بلا عذر وتغطية فمه فمه وأنفه إلا عند التثاؤب ووضع شيء في فيه يمنع قراءة المسنون وقيام That might be related to the question from before وقيام الإمام في المحراب إلا لعذر ضيق المكان بخلاف سجوده في وانفراد الإمام على مكان مرتفع عن قوم وكذا انفرادهم جميعا دونه ولبت ثوب فيه تصاوير وسجوده على صورة في بساط وأن تكون بين يدي أو بحذائه صورة ما له روح إلا أن تكون صغيرة لا تبدو للناظر أو مقطوعة الرأس واعتماده في حالة النهوض على شيء إلا لأذر والجنسة الاستراحة والتراوح بين القدمين إلا لعذر والتمايل يمينا وشمالا وإلقاء البزاق وعد الآيات بيد أو سبحة لا الغمز بالأنامل والصلاة إلى وجه آخر والصلاة إلى وجه آخر أو إلى نار والقراءة في الركعة الثانية بسورة من فوق والجمع بين السورتين بينهما واحدة في ركعة أو في ركعتين وتطويل قراءة الثانية على الأولى في الفرائد وتطويل الصلاة حيث يثقل على الجماعة وتكرار السورة في ركعة في الفرائد والاتعماد على جدار أو استوانة بلا عذر في غير النوافل وانقيام خلف صف فيه فرجة والصلاة في الطريق أو في أرض غير بلا رضاه رضاه ولو دلالة وفي ثياب البذل بذلة أو مع النجاسة غير أو نصاري أو بحضرة طعام يميل إليه أو مع نجاسة غير مانعة إلا إذا خاف فوت الوقت أو الجماعة وإن لم يخف ندب له قطعها والشروع فيها مع مدافعة الأخبثين وإن عرض له في أثنائها ندب له انقطع If I'm not mistaken, are tahriman and some of them are tanzihan. So it's going to take some clarification. The disliked actions of the prayer. As for its disliked actions, they are fidgeting with the clothing and body, cracking the fingers, looking around by turning the neck, placing the hands on the hips, stretching, squatting, sitting cross-legged without excuse, yawning if one is able to restrain it, closing the eyes, Raising the gaze to the sky, moving stones except for the prostration once, wiping dust from the forehead during the prayer, placing the arms in prostration, um, 
Raising the sleeves from the arms. All of it's going to come in the commentary. Covering the feet in prostration for men. Returning salutations with the hand. A small amount of movement such as undoing the slit of a shirt or scratching the body once or more, not consecutively. 18. Nodding the hair. 19. To raise the clothing and hang it. Uh, 20. To leave the head uncovered except out of humility. 21. To prostrate on the coil of the turban or part of one's clothing. 22. Limiting the prostration to the forehead alone or the nose only without a reason. 23. To cover the mouth and the nose except when yawning. Placing something in the mouth which prevents the desirable recitation. The imam standing in the niche except due to the excuse of lack of space as opposed to prostrating in it. The imam alone being on a raised place from the congregation. Likewise, all of the congregation on a raised place except the imam. Wearing a garment with pictures, prostrating on a picture on the carpet. That there be in front of some and that there be in front of someone or next to him a picture of a living thing, except if it is small and is not evident to the one looking at it, or has its head has had its head removed. Supporting oneself upon something when rising, except due to an excuse. The sitting of rest. This is the one. Like when you make sujood, you make your second sujood, and then you're going to stand, and you sit before you stand, like the Shafi'is do. Uh, leaning on the feet in turn, except due to an excuse. Turning right and left to spit. Counting verses with the hand or prayer beads, not pressing down with the fingers. Praying towards the face of another person, or towards fire. Reciting in the second unit a chapter previous to the one recited. Joining between two chapters which have been have between them one unit and one unit. Uh, have between them one chapter and one unit or two units. Lengthening the recitation in the second unit more than the first one in obligatory prayers. Lengthening the prayer to the point that it becomes difficult for the congregation. Repeating a chapter in a unit of the obligatory prayer. Leaning against a wall or a pillar without an excuse and other than the optional. Standing between behind a row in which there is a gap. Uh, prayer in the street. Like in the passageway the, where people are, need to pass. Or on the land of another without his permission, even if by indication. Praying while wearing household clothing. Or in the presence of food one desires. Or with an impure substance which is not which does not prevent the prayer except if he fears the elapsing of the prayer time or missing the congregation. Uh, if he does not fear this, it is desirable for him to cut off the prayer. Starting the prayer while withholding the call of nature, if someone experiences it during the prayer, it is desirable for him to break the prayer. So these are all going to need commentary, inshallah. We will um, We will cover those in the session tomorrow, inshallah. We'll spend some time on this tomorrow. Okay, wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Subhanallah wa bihamdika shara wa nayana astaghfiru kuna tawbe ilayk. Anything before we close? That's a long list, mashallah.
Take care, everyone. Assalamualaikum.